Jesus is no longer dead. Those are words you don't hear every day. No longer dead. That, that specific combination. We just don't hear it. Oh, man, sad news about Bartholomew. He passed away. Oh, you didn't hear? Bart's no longer dead. It's, it's an odd occurrence if we, if we would hear those words. But we hear it once a year. We hear it during this time. And we hear it because it is truth. Because Jesus is alive. See, I love that we have a cross over there. And I love that that cross is empty. But see, Jesus isn't on that cross anymore. He's alive. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. Revelation 1, 17 through 18 says this. This is John talking. He says, When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. But he laid his right hand on me saying, Fear not. I am the first and the last and the living one. I died. And behold, I am alive forevermore. And I have the keys of death and Hades. Friends, Jesus died a horrible death. But he's no longer dead. He's alive. We worship a living God. And my first encouragement of the day to you is to live our lives as if our God is alive. To live our lives as if he's alive. That he's a living God. He's not dead. We do that by not just making our faith in the Lord a religion, but by making our belief in Jesus Christ a relationship. What kind of man is Jesus? What kind of man is Jesus? When we look through Scripture, we see what kind of man Jesus is. We can learn a lot about somebody by the questions they ask. And we can learn a lot about somebody by the answers they give when they're asked questions. I know I say it all the time. I love a good question. I love a real deep, thought-provoking question that, that kind of stumps me or that makes me go, hmm, let, let me chew on that for a second. Great question. Now, I love questions that kind of throw us for a loop at times. At times. You know, when I meet somebody... I tend not to ask them, what do you do? But, you know, after kind of the initial ice has been broken, saying, hey, what are you passionate about? What wakes you up in the morning? What is it you love to do? At some point, I'll find out what they do. But what someone does and what someone's passionate about are usually pretty different things. I found that when we have something really important to say, and when we're preparing our words for a big moment, that that's usually not the time that we want a lot of questions. Like right now, for example, I don't want any questions right now. If you've raised your hand and were like, ooh, ooh, I would ignore you. I would look the other way. I, and then if you still did, I'd shake you off. And then I'd call in a reliever or something. I mean, I don't know. But now's not the time that I want to field questions. Yeah, and there's other times as well. Like, Dad, why are we pulling over? How fast were you going? I, I don't know, baby. I don't, I don't know, sweetie. Dad, what are you going to say to that police officer? I don't, I don't know. I don't know, baby. I'm, I'm going to say hello. Is he going to give you a ticket, Dad? He, I don't, let's pray. Let's pray. 
Dad, are you going to jail? What's the food taste like in jail, Dad? I, I don't know. That's more a question for your mom, not me. Ask your mom. Ask your mom. And then just defer it completely. Just shut it down. We see in John chapter 13 that Jesus, at the Last Supper, he was washing his disciples' feet. And we see in chapters 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17, Jesus has a lot to say. Jesus has prepared thoughts. He has things that are vital and crucial to say because he's aware of the timing. He's aware of the moment. He knows this is his last opportunity to teach his disciples. This is his last opportunity to pray over his disciples before he is put on a cross. But yet we see, especially in John chapter 13 and 14, the disciples have a ton of questions. And Jesus answers them all. Do you know what the the red letters are? What they're for in in a Bible, um, a publisher prints the words of Jesus in red letters so that when we're reading, it kind of stops us in our track and we go, oh, this is something Jesus said. And so most publishers, they, they publish the words of Jesus in red. And if you look through those chapters I named, John 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, they're almost entirely red. The only time we see black letters, words not spoken by Jesus, Almost entirely, they're questions asked by the disciples. And even though Jesus has so much on his heart, and even though there's a heaviness because he knows what he's going into, we see something about Jesus. He is always a teacher. He always has time for us. He always answers our questions. Jesus is a living God and He is a present God. When we call out to Jesus, His attention is not somewhere else. He's not partially hearing and and, and partially paying attention and, and partially doing something else. He's present. And it's really affectionate to see in this last night that Jesus has with His disciples that He takes the time to answer their questions. Peter asks, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answers him. Then Peter has a follow-up question. Jesus, why can't I follow you now? Jesus answers. Thomas then asks, Lord, we don't know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus unpacks it and he answers. Then Philip jumps in, not necessarily with a, with a question, more of like a leading statement, but Jesus still gives him an answer. Then the good Judas, not Judas the betrayer, asks, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not the world? And what does Jesus do? He answers. I said a minute ago that we can learn a lot about somebody by the questions they ask and and the answers that they provide. I want it to be on our hearts this morning that when we talk about what kind of a man Jesus is, He still teaches. He just does it through the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. Everything I said, the Holy Spirit will bring to your remembrance. 
and He's still present and He's still available. And He always has time for us. So this is still the Last Supper. Jesus is done washing the feet of His disciples. In John chapter 13, verse 12, we read, it says, When Jesus had washed their feet and put on His outer garments and resumed His place, He said to them, and listen to this incredible question, Do you understand what I have done to you? Do you understand what I have done to you, in you, for you? Church, do we really understand? Do we really understand? This This is one of those times a year that, church, we should understand. We should really set our hearts on what he did. And I love that he asked that question. Do you understand what I've done? Jesus is asking his disciples a bigger question, even in the midst of that question. He's talking about the foot washing. He says, do you understand this act of service I've done? What he's asking is, do you understand that this is bigger than me just washing the dust off your feet? That in half a day, I'm going to be nailed to a tree and my blood is going to wash away your sin. It's a bigger question than just talking about a type of a bath. What he's talking about is a type of a birth that we can have through Jesus Christ. Do you understand? Do you understand the magnitude? Friends, do we understand the magnitude of what Jesus did for you and for I? I love that the Holy Spirit just orchestrated some things this morning and that we focused on leaving the 99 and going to get the one because that is our God. He loves us. He woos us. He pursues us. He knows us. He's patient with us. He's got grace for us. We can be real with Him. We can be vulnerable with Him. We can be ugly with Him. We can be at our worst with Him. We can. We can. I try and teach that to my kids. You know, I like to think that they can be at their worst with me, but there's times that they might like cross the line. I'm like, whoa, 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 dial it back. But not with Jesus. You can just be raw. You can say, this is how it is, Lord. And this is how I'm feeling. And this is my reality right now. What do you think about that? And you can just, you, you can just puke it all out and say, there, what are you going to do with that, Jesus? And in those times, if we'll listen to that response, he says, hey, I love you. Hey, I'm sorry you're going through a tough time. That's, that's rough. I love you. Hey, hear me. I'm here for you. I'm here with you right now. You're not alone. You'll get through this. Questions and answers. See, a lot of times we ask God questions, but we honestly don't understand that He responds back. That He speaks back. That He speaks through His Word. He speaks through people. And and He speaks to our heart. Friends, we need to understand. In this last dialogue... To his disciples, Jesus says this in John fifteen thirteen. 
Greater love has no one than this, that someone lays down his life for his friends. Once again, approximately 12 hours after saying these words, Jesus is hanging on a cross demonstrating this greater love. Laying down his life for his friends. But not just his friends. Not just tortured and beaten and falsely accused and murdered for his friends, but for his enemies too. You see, the greatest story ever told is the one where the hero dies for the villains. Have you ever got pulled into a fight that wasn't yours? Have you ever been standing around and, and two people are, and I don't mean like, you know, fisticuffs or you know, pugilism, but yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe pugilism, I don't know. You know, maybe a physical fight, but maybe an argument or maybe, you know, a quarrel. And next thing you know, you get pulled in. You're just standing there kind of pretending that someone goes, see, you know what I'm talking about, right? She's always like that, right? And you're like, whoa, no, 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 you're not pulling me into this. Friends, we got pulled into something that we had no say of. We got pulled into a fight that we have no control over. And we got sucked into that fight because of a vile vow by evil people who were cursed as they claimed responsibility for the blood of Jesus. Let's look at it in Matthew 27. Pilate's talking to the crowd and Pilate doesn't see any guilt in Jesus and 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 the crowd is just becoming irate. And and they're crying out for Jesus. And they're crying out to crucify him. So Pilate said to them, What shall I do with Jesus, who is called Christ? They all said, Let him be crucified. And he said, Why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, Let him be crucified. So when Pilate saw that he was gaining nothing, but rather that a riot was beginning, he took water and he washed his hands before the crowd saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourselves. Now listen to this. And all the people answered, His blood be on us and on who? And on our children. Then he released for them Barabbas and having scourged Jesus delivered him to be crucified. See, we didn't have any say in the matter. We were pulled into this, this curse of let his innocent blood be upon our children. It's a good thing that Jesus Christ breaks the power of curses, huh? It's a good thing that Jesus Christ is greater than any curse, any generational curse, anything spoken over us. Jesus is greater. Oh, you'll never amount to anything. You're just like your old man. He was a bum. You're a bum. That's a lie in the name of Jesus. Broken. I break that lie. I break agreement with that lie. I am a child of God. Broken. Jesus is better. Curse of shame and guilt. Failure and loss. Jesus is greater. And we need to understand that. Curse has no power against the power of Jesus Christ. 
God's redeeming power is greater than every curse. Even the ones we speak of ourselves. And I'm not trying to get like church speak on us. But we got to stop that. we got to stop speaking things over ourselves. Oh, I can't do it. Oh, I'm not going to make it. Oh, here we go again. Same old, same old. Oh, I'm back in the rut. Oh, it's... We need to stop that. And we need to start speaking life. And we need to let the Word of God be hidden in our heart so that comes forth. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Lord, I just grab a hold of that Word that you stated in in Philippians 4.13 and... Lord, make that true in my life right now, Lord. What kind of man is Jesus? Jesus is a redeemer. So I want to read a passage, and and it's powerful, and, and I hope I can do it justice. In Luke 23, 46, we see Jesus' last words. We see him on the cross, and in the account of Luke it says these were his last words and then he drew his last breath. So Luke twenty three forty six says this, Then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. These were his last words. These were his last words. Words. See, what Jesus is doing here is he's quoting a verse that David had written from Psalm 31. And he only quotes the first part right now. And even him quoting that is so full of faith because there is a second part to it. He says, Father, into your hands do do I commit my spirit. Then he breathed his last breath. Or at least for three days he breathed his last breath. Three days later, when he drew his next breath, he demonstrates the second part of this message. I want to read uh, Psalm 31.5 to you. It says, Into your hand I commit my spirit. And then David prophesies, You have redeemed me, O Lord, faithful God. Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord, faithful God. Jesus says the first part with his last words. And then when he, when he arose from the tomb and walked out of that grave, alive, he demonstrated the second part. You have redeemed me, O Lord. His first statement was so full of faith. And his next action demonstrated the the power of God. The Father redeemed Jesus' life. And Jesus redeems our life by his precious blood. You see, friends, not a drop of that blood was shed in vain. Not a drop. Every drop that fell from Jesus had purpose. It had you in mind. It had me in mind. It had purpose. None of it wasted. What kind of a man is Jesus? He is our conquering king. He is our victorious savior, yet he is our excited friend. Let's read a passage once again in Matthew. And 
what we see is Mary and Mary at the tomb, an angel appears. So Matthew 28, 5 through 8, or 5 through 10. But the angel said to the women, so this is an angel speaking, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, look, come see the place where he lay. I love that, by the way. I love that that offer is still, Jesus is still like, hey, you know, come look. Can you come see for yourself? Well, Jesus, I don't know if you're real or not. Now I hear you. Come see. Come see. Come see for yourself. Well, Lord, I, I, don't, I don't know if you're the one true God. All right, come see. Come see for yourself. Jesus isn't threatened by our questions, friends. Come see the place where he lay. Then go quickly. And now listen to this instruction from the angels, because this is great. Go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. There you will see him. I, I said that as if there was like a comment. That was a period. There you will see him. See, I have told you, he's saying, this is the message. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples, okay? So they get their instructions, they get their message, and they run and take off to go to the disciples to give this message, right? And behold, this is the next verse, and behold, Jesus met them and said, Hey, friends, good morning, greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. And then he says the exact same thing the angel tells them. Now go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee and they will see me there. Isn't that interesting? The angel gives instructions. Jesus immediately appears, gives instructions and says, do the same thing. What does this show us about Jesus? This shows us that he so loves us that he can't even wait till Galilee to see them. He wants to comfort their grieving hearts right now. I know you just saw the empty tomb, but look, it's me. I'm alive. I love you. He's so excited, he can't contain himself. He can't wait for them to just go and follow the directions of the angels, which he gave the angels. Guys, our victorious king has that same type of excitement with us in relationship with him. And no matter where we are on that path, no matter where we are walking, he shows up on that path and says, Hey, greetings. Good morning. I love you. You're awesome. I'm with you. I'm alive. What kind of a man is Jesus? Just as much as he is conquering king, he is excited and genuine friends. What kind of a man is Jesus? He's the son of man and he's the son of God. Jesus is the most patient and loving teacher. Jesus is ever-present, especially in times of trouble, but not just in times of trouble. 
He wants to to celebrate with us. He wants to sing with us and dance over us. He's ever-present. He's faithful. He's loving. Jesus is the breaker of chains and the breaker of curses. Now, I'm, I'm 48, so I'm a product of the 70s and 80s. And young people, when church is over today, you need to thank God for Christian music today. Because we had like three options in the 70s and 80s. That was it. We had like Keith Green and second chapter of Acts. Now, this is before Amy Grant. Amy Grant was a baby at this time. Who, who married there? What do you have over here? I, I heard our options were limited. But that said, I, I gained an appreciation for a guy named Keith Green. And he died. He had a short ministry and he died young. But he was radical. He, he shook things up. He was radical. And he, he has a song called The Easter Song. And if you go home and play it, you'll definitely realize it's from the late 70s. But I cry every time I hear it. Every time I hear it. And I listened to it like five times in the last day and a half. And it says, The angels up on the tombstone said, He is risen just as He said. Quickly now, go tell His disciples that Jesus Christ is no longer dead. In that song, it goes on to to declare that this can be your moment right now. This can be your moment of healing because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, because of His power. Jesus is our Redeemer. It's never too late. And, and whatever our the, what we think is our fate, it doesn't have to be our fate. You know, I, you know, I got a brother in this place over there that, you know, Jesse's walked some hard things. Physically, he's walked some hard things. And from time to time, we're like, man, everything looking like this, he's going, this could be it. He could die. Time and time again. He's living. He's sitting right there. He's alive. Jesus' power manifests in him. We just got to stay in the fight. We just got to stay in the race. We just got to keep crying out to the Lord. Keep our eyes on Jesus. Jesse, you keep your eyes on Jesus. He's the author of your faith and He's the finisher of your faith. He's the great Redeemer. He takes everything in our lives that is filthy and sinful and He redeems it. Because his work is completed. His work is completed. He said it is finished. He died. Three days later he rose from the grave and now he's seated at the right hand of the Father. He gives us new life. New worth. New hope. And Jesus our God is our, is our friend as well. But check this out. He is only our friend if we believe in Him. 
He is only our friend if we follow Him. He is only our friend if we obey Him. And these aren't my words, friends. These are His words. I'm gonna, I read a passage before, and I'm going to read the rest of it. So John 15, 13 through 15, Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. I read that, right? I showed that Jesus demonstrated that greater love. Next verse, You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. Obedience matters. Faith matters. Belief matters. Trusting God and walking it out matters. That doesn't mean we have to have all the answers. There's things I walk out that I do not have the answers for. I am doing it by faith. And and same thing for you. There's things that I'm sure you are saying, Lord, I don't understand you on this one, but but I believe you and I trust you and I'm going to walk this out with my eyes set on you. See, we don't have to have everything line up. That's that's not faith, friends. Those are those are facts. And even facts are wishy-washy at times. But Jesus is true. Facts say someone can't come back from the dead. That's a that's a scientific fact. You die, you stay dead. Facts say that the Red Sea couldn't have been parted. Facts say that a virgin couldn't give birth. You guys, facts, and, and I'm not, I'm not anti-science. I wasn't very good at science, but I mean, it's, you know, it's all right. I like English and history a little bit better. I'm just saying, we don't base our lives on the things that we can line up and the things that make sense to us. That's not faith. Faith says, Jesus, I know who you are and I don't understand everything, but I'm going to follow you and I'm going to trust you. And I'm going to ask you, will you will you teach me? Will you be present with me? Will you, I feel like it's such a long road I've got to go down. Will you be with me? Yeah, I will. His answer is, yeah, I will. I am. I'm here. But we have to trust in him. Don't ever ask for a map from Jesus. That's not how he operates. He gives you step one. Go to the corner. But Lord, I need to get... I know. Go to the corner. So then we get up to the corner. He goes, hang a left. That, that's Jesus, because that's relationship. That's walking it out. That's step by step. That's him going, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. If, if he told us where to go, if he gave us the map, we'd be like... Hasta la vista, Jesus. Maybe. You guys, we don't worship uh, an icon on a wall. We worship a living Savior who wants relationship with us.